Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, thank you for taking time listening to today's show. When you get a chance, make sure you visit the pursuitofmanliness.com. There you'll find all previous podcast episodes, social media links. You'll be able to sign up for the email newsletter. You can see the most recent blog post and what is available in the gear store. Right now in the gear store, the featured item is our men's retreat Friday and Saturday, October 1st and 2nd here in Indianapolis, Indiana. You are invited to be a part of our first ever men's retreat. We have guys all across the country, and I mean literally all across the country, coming to Indianapolis on that weekend. It is just $30 to sign up for this retreat. If you sign up before September 12th, you get a men's retreat t-shirt. You're going to get a couple meals. You're going to get an opportunity to win some things, and you're going to meet a lot of good dudes. I'm telling you, it, that is dirt cheap, 30 bucks to sign up to be a part of something like this. You say, Jared, I can't guarantee by September 12th that I can make it to Indianapolis. No worries. We have created a closed Facebook group just for the men's retreat where we are adding every guy. As soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you an email. You get the links. We're going to put you in that group. Conversations are taking place right now. Most pretty lighthearted, but nevertheless, you're going to be in that group. That group is where we are going to live stream uh, the worship, the teaching uh, on Friday and on Saturday and, and the campfire. So we're going to give you all the dates and details in that group. So you do not miss out. Even if you can't make it here, you're going to get all the all the teaching, all the substance that's about to happen. You won't get you know, the camaraderie that's happening on site, but I believe there's going to be some conversations being being had right there in that group. If you want to show the live stream to your church, your elders, your staff, whatever, get them together. Great. Be my guest. Connect it to a TV projector, whatever y'all do. Uh, but again, you sign up by September 12th. Even if you can't make it, I will send you your shirt when the retreat's over so you get everything that everyone else gets here. So either way, it is a, it is a win-win. And I'm telling you right, right now, we have some really good men who are coming to Indianapolis on October 1st and 2nd. We just want you, we just want to invite you to be a part of it. Uh, the next podcast that comes out will be all about the men's retreat. I'm going to break it down a lot of different ways ad nauseum. I'm going to talk and talk and talk about it because I'm telling you, number one, for the, the price value, you can't beat that. Number two, for the quality of human beings that are going to be here on that site, why, why would you not want to do whatever you can to get here? I, I've worked with a lot of guys for a long time, and I'm telling you, one of our greatest areas of vacancy in our life is really good men, really good relationships, guys who affirm uh, our growth as men of God, guys that make our marriages better, that spur us on to be better parents, um, better employees, whatever, and we have them, and I'm telling you, we are serious about building better men together. I want to get into this idea of this one degree one degree, just just off a little bit. And I was thinking this as I, you know, started to record this. That if your car was off just one degree as you went down the road, I think you would notice. I think you would probably take notice, and eventually everyone around you would take notice because you would either crash into them or crash into a median. It would be a disaster. But often in our life, one degree, we don't really notice that. Maybe you notice it in your house. Maybe you don't. I normally set my thermostat at 60. Someone moved it to 61. Some of you guys have that skill. It's like a, you know, a sixth sense that you just know when the thermostat's off. But typically, one degree, we really don't notice. One, just, just fading just a little bit, just moving off center just a little bit. But I want you to grab this if you get nothing else from the conversation we're about to have. Oftentimes, nearly all the time, what is subtle 
grows into something substantially significant. The subtle becomes significant. Think back in Genesis 4. Genesis 4 with Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, chapter 6, the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? I, I have used that phrase, if you do well, will it not go well with you, or you know, in different forms and formats. But that idea, if you do what is right, if you do what is best, hey, you're going to be okay. Cain doesn't want to hear it. Here's what God tells him, though. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Sin is crouching at the door. Why would sin be crouching at the door? You ever seen any of those like videos of the Serengeti and, and animals that are hunting and they're on the prowl? Uh, rarely do they stand up on top of a rock and just look for their next meal, right? No, they sink down into the water. They hide in the thickets. I mean, they make it difficult. Why? Because they are, the, they are hunting. They don't want to be seen. Sin says, listen, nothing to see here. Very insignificant. Just let me sit in the corner. No big deal. And so you do. You kind of let sin sit there. And before long, you kind of become accustomed to it. And it's just part of who you are. And thinking about like the media, TV, and commercials and things that, that are just now being bombarded in front of our eyeballs and ears every waking moment of the day. The messages and the methods that are just going right across our TVs. If that was 30 years ago, your parents would have lost their minds, took the TV off the TV stand, if, if you could pick it up, because they were all you know 500 pounds, and thrown it in the front yard. Unacceptable. How do we get to the point where we're at today? The subtle became significant. We need to draw that line in the sand and say, nope, no more. I, I, I'm, I am not going to tolerate what is sinful. I'm not going to celebrate what is sinful because the subtle always becomes significant. I remember long time before we had kids, it was a long time ago, before we had children, my wife and I saying, we are not going to let our kids have computers in their bedrooms. That was computers were becoming a thing. Laptops were becoming a thing. Kids were having TVs and, um, you know, computers in their rooms. We worked in, you know, children's ministry and youth ministry. And we'd see these kids in different ages and they just had complete freedom to do whatever they wanted to do uh, in their room. And we said, not good. That That's bad. Cable TV in their room, bad. That's not good. Right. And then there was a day where we went and upgraded our phones and, and everyone, almost everybody in our house got a phone. So two of my kids suddenly had everything in their that device that I had. And they did what you know kids do. They get on it. And they sit in their room and they text their friends and they're watching YouTube. And you know, we ch- you know check their phone, look through messages, and we're like, wait, 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 wait. What happened to our rule that we were not going to allow our kids to have computers and TV in their rooms? It's coming through their phones. The subtle became significant. We opened the door for potential chaos. One degree. It doesn't take much to move off just just one degree. Listen, the Christian life is not one to be lived parallel to Jesus, just close to Jesus. Paul says in Romans chapter 11, specifically in verses 17 to 24, the idea of being grafted into Christ. We are to be 
one with Christ, not trail him like a, a caravan of cars that are moving down the interstate. We are to be one with Jesus. We are grafted in. You see, the danger of the typical American Christian life, and I can't speak to the rest of the world, but the American Christian life is we do the sin of comparison, and I look at other people who are Christians and maybe their church attendance and their family dynamic, and, and here's what I know. Perception is not reality. There are a lot of people showing up, well, not showing up for that matter, but showing up to churches who got a lot of stuff in their life. I'm telling you, I learn things every day. Every day, there's a lot of stuff. I've shared it before, and I'll briefly share it again. I'll never forget talking to an individual one time who was on their deathbed, and this person, you would think, was the you know the 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 image of what a godly man a good man of god would be only to find out they had a whole bunch of stuff in their life that they were trying to hide so to not embarrass them i tried to you know get rid of it for them only to find out as i went through the journey they knew but everyone in the church didn't everyone in the church thought this person had it together one degree the subtle became significant when we get one degree off from following Christ, we probably don't even notice it in the beginning. You're probably not even aware of it. You slept in on a Sunday. Jared, it's church. Do I have to be in the building to worship God? You don't have to, but is that is that the standard you want to go with? Are we going to measure life by the have-tos? Do you have to tell your wife you love her? No, you don't have to. I would tell you probably need to, probably should, probably do you well. What did God tell Cain? If you do well. We try to do, if we do, not bad. If we try, if we do, well, I'm just giving it my best. Why don't you just do well? Why don't you just do the things that a godly man is supposed to do? And I know some of you are. I know some of you are because I, I'm, I'm doing life with you. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're moving the same direction, but I'm telling you, and you know this. You know this. When you look around, we got a herd of men who are just... They're just one degree every day, a little bit more, and they don't even realize it. And if you attempt to call it out out of them or speak to it, they would get their feelings hurt. They would be greatly offended. They would, they might disappear. They would go to a different church. They would stop responding to your text messages. They would unfriend you on Facebook. They, not that anybody I know would do that. I just hear that people would do that, right? We don't even notice it, but the subtle becomes significant. And guess what? When the subtle has become significant, you begin to justify it. You begin to justify your apathy. You begin to justify your laziness. You begin to justify why I don't show up, why I don't get involved. Why do I had someone tell me once about, you know, they were frustrated with small groups and they all kind of fizzle out. The people that were telling me that may have the worst small group attendance of anyone I've ever known. But they were upset that the small groups fizzled out. No, the groups didn't fizzle out. You fizzled out. That's what happened. But they don't believe that. They don't believe that. The subtle becomes significant. And when it becomes significant, then we can justify it. 
We begin to justify our actions, and we will never be the one in the wrong. It will always be a them issue. It was the church. It was the weather. It was the, the, the event the night before. It was grandpa's birthday. It was a vacation, and I just need a few days to get myself together. It was the virus for a year. It was all these other things. But the reality is, they're the one that allowed the one degree to move. They allowed the one degree to keep moving. I was thinking this recently in, in Canada. You're seeing these pastors being arrested for having churches, and I, and I don't know every detail of the story, so I'm just going to say that. But I do know that there are some places in Canada where they're having underground church. They're having worship services, and they're not putting it on their Facebook, and they're not live streaming it, and they're not telling you where it's at. They're doing the underground church. And as I thought about that, I thought, what would become the Church of America if we had to be an underground church? I think the narrow road would get real thin real quick because there's a lot of people who believe that they're on that narrow road, but they will not be inconvenienced for nothing. They will not be inconvenienced. So if they felt like they had to risk something to show up to a church service, forget it. How do you know that? Because right now we really don't have to risk anything and they can't show up. It's so easy to not show up, but don't dare tell them, say something about bad about me not showing up. I remember people getting upset about the emoticons, wherever you call them, on our social media post of our church about, you know, sad face, happy face, if you're going to show up, but well, don't put the sad face because I'm staying home to keep myself safe. And don't make me feel bad about, no, I, I, will, I will always put the sad face now because we want you here. We want you here. If you don't want to be here, that's okay. If it's not a priority, that's okay. If you need to stay home, that's okay. But listen, the subtle is becoming significant because there are people who have not come back. There are people who are living like everybody else. When we are one degree off from following Jesus, we probably do not notice it, especially in the beginning, especially if the circle is all doing the same thing. But I, I promise it will become significant and you will attempt to find a way to justify it. You ever caught yourself saying things like, you know what, I'm still here, or I'm just trying to get through the day, or once I get through this season, or you know what, one of these days I really need to get back to. For you, one degree has more than likely become several degrees. You don't, be you don't believe that. You think you're good. You think you're close. But abiding in Christ for you has turned into aimlessly wandering. But nobody's telling you that. Nobody's going to tell you that. And for some, they stopped listening to this because they don't want to be told that. I don't want to be told that I'm doing anything wrong or that I am not giving my best effort. You don't know me. You can't judge me. No, but I can tell you, if you get one degree off, you will not notice it. But over time, you will. Are the things that when you look back, you have seen, you have moved one degree, which has become several degrees. One degree moves warm water to boiling water. Don't notice it. But it does, warm to boiling. One degree can send a rocket heading to the moon 4,169 miles off course. It doesn't take much to get significantly off course, but subtle moves one degree away. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. The enemy of your soul isn't going to rearrange it all in one day and just make it just disaster. Why? Because that's what we do. We turn back to Jesus during times of disaster and we're like, okay, then I need I need the prayer team to start praying for me and I need someone to lay hands on me and I need to put out this thing. You know what? But in those moments of one degree, we're good. We're good. We're just at a tournament. We're just taking a vacation. We're just taking a long weekend. We're just whatever. I'm just, I'm not a good reader. I just don't have that much time, right? 
we have some fruitless believers out there because they're attempting to run parallel to Jesus instead of abiding in the one who has grafted us in. Attempting to run parallel to Jesus, just close enough to give yourself the appearance of being in Christ is the equivalent of being found worthless and thrown away into a fire to be consumed. Read it. Read the Gospels. Make the time to read the Gospels and see what Jesus, the Logos, the very words, actions of God in human flesh, read the Gospels and what he says. That just trying to run parallel or just trying to be close to Jesus is a train wreck and you will be removed. You may not look like it that you're you're removed right now because you look we look like everybody else. But God knows John fifteen four abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. What fruit are you producing because you're abiding in Jesus? What fruit is being produced because you are abiding in Jesus? 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, whoever says he abides in him, because some of you guys have said that, right? Right now as you're listening, you're thinking, that's me. I'm abiding. I'm, 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 I'm rolling with that. I'm in. I'm, I'm that. I'm that guy, Jared. I, I'm him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, I have to consider this, and you should as well. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Who's that guy he's talking about there? Jesus. If you say you abide in Jesus, then you ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. Well, Jesus walked with incredible kingdom focus and purpose. Is that how you are walking? Does walking like Jesus walk, does it affect your calendar? Does it affect your wallet? Does it affect your vacation time? Does it affect your hobbies? Does it affect your service at your church? Does it affect your prayer life, your worship time, your time in the word, your leading your family, your loving your wife, your raising your kids? Are you walking the same way Jesus walked? Not your version of Jesus or my version of Jesus, but the Jesus of Scripture. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is a radical statement right there. I have been crucified with Christ. I don't get I don't get my way. I don't get my say. I don't I don't get to determine that. And I know that's going to cause some marital tension when you tell your your bride that you know what we are going to volunteer for VBS. We are going to go on that mission trip. We are going to go to church today. We might go to Sunday night church if we have that. You know what? We might go to the night of worship. We might go when you start doing those things and you're making kingdom work, kingdom gatherings, kingdom community a priority over all others, it will cause attention. But whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way he walked. So I have to ask, am I, am I doing that? The solution to all this is we need to repent. We need to return and we need to abide. Repent for the ways that we have moved one degree or several degrees away from Jesus. I'm going to return to him. I'm going to cast off all others and all everything else, and I am going to abide in 
him. John 15, 4 again, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. What fruit am I producing? Neither can you, he says, unless you abide in me. I want to end with this. One of the, the, the best books, it was recommended to me by a, a guy in tribe, a good brother in Christ, is a book called Abide in Christ. How about that, huh? Abide in Christ. It's $4.99 paperback on Amazon. Uh, Andrew Murray wrote it. telling you is one of the most convicting books that I have read. If you desire to know God, to abide in him, to um, realize, define the reality of where you are at, but also pursue restoration, I would cons- I would strongly encourage you to read this book by Andrew Murray, Abide in Christ. Again, it's, it's $4.99. That is, that is dirt cheap. So men, consider that. Have I allowed the subtle to grow into the significant? Am I guilty of attempting to run parallel to Jesus just close enough to give myself the illusion that I'm really there with him, knowing that I have created a buffer, there's something between me and him, so that I keep my my freedom, I keep my space, so I can do what I want to do without feeling too bad about doing it. Scripture tells me that I'm not abiding at all. I need to make that right. I repent, I return, and I abide. Amen. Men, thank you for listening. Make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. Get signed up for that men's retreat. Find out some more information about Point Man. Sign up for our email newsletter. And men, keep pursuing biblical manliness. Manliness.